Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Psalm 22, and uh, before we get started, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today, and thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for loving us and for giving us even more insight and a glimpse into your heart. Today, as we read, we're going to read your thoughts, your anguish, your success, and your victory as you were crucified, Lord. And I'm so grateful for the way you talk to us, the insights you give us, the fact that you love me. It's just critical and and so amazing. I'm grateful for this this, uh, chapter, Lord, and I just pray that my heart, my mind, my spirit would be open to learning more and understanding it more so I can love you more with my whole being and therefore love others as myself. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, so I'm back for after quite the uh, another trip, and I leave next next Saturday for another trip. But one of the things I'm finding as I travel, and it's really becoming evident to me, it's discipline. And when I travel, I, I lose it. I don't work out as much or at all. I struggle with that. And then I also struggle with reading my, my Bible and, and my prayer time. It just, my whole routine and the discipline that I've built when I'm home gets just absolutely snapped and, uh, I struggle with it. And I find that this, the element of discipline in my life is so critical. And that is one reason why this is so important for me. The daily reading and broadcasting is just vital. It, it helps me be disciplined. It helps me to communicate every every day, do my reading and communicate with God. It also, you know, I think about all the other discipline that I'm imposing in my life. And when I travel or when I get out of my discipline, how my life and the goals just don't follow. I drink more when I travel. I swear more when I travel. And I just don't think about the things that are edifying as much. I don't think about my family as much. I don't think about God as much and about just doing all the right things. When I'm home, I work out pretty much every day. I get my list of things done that I need to get done. And I, I attribute that to working out something I don't always want to do, but I do it. And then also, I also do cold plunges and pretty much every day or whatnot, every at least four times, five times a week, I get into a bunch of water that's in the 50s. It's nothing I want to do. I hate being cold. But it adds discipline to my life so that I read and pray and focus, eat correctly, um, pray consistently. And it's just that discipline of a daily routine and doing things that I don't necessarily want to do, but I know they're good for me. And so really it's, it's discipline is so important to me on this journey and I'm struggling with how I impose that, how I bring that with me when I travel for work because it's happening a lot and I just, I need to figure it out. Now that's just what I'm going through right now. Um, And one of the cool things is in this Psalm, this is, 
an insight into Jesus's heart and his mind when he was being crucified. This really is an insight into what Jesus, our Savior, was was thinking. And you would actually read this and think, wow, this was written after the crucifixion. And it's not. It's hundreds of years, if not more, thousands, before it ever occurred. And it's just amazing as we read through this, all the different pieces, but really it's an opening of our my insights to what Jesus, who was fully a man, was going through. So let's start with Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night I find no rest. See, he's going down to hell. He's, you know, God has withdrawn himself from him. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm, not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. So Jesus, the man, is sitting there feeling like a worm. He's feeling awful because the people are despising him. And he's hanging on a cross. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let, let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. And we saw that when he was hanging on the cross. Oh, he saved others, but he can't save himself. Where's, where's your God now? They said. Verse 9. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. So he's fully man. You know, sometimes I think of Jesus as, you know, God walking around in this ethereal state, not experiencing everything I experienced. But here he is. He knew from the beginning that he was a man, but God was there for him. Verse 11. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Basham circle me. Roaring lions, they tear their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. Which is what happens when you're crucified. You hang there, and literally, your, your shoulders, your elbows get dislocated. So he's here suffering this. He sees this. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. Here, it was already prophesied that Jesus, the man, was going to go through this. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Again, I mean, it's he was crucified. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions 
Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. That's how Jesus overcame death, overcame hell. God was there. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat to be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it, or it is finished. We are that population. We are that people yet unborn. This whole scripture, this whole chapter is a prophecy of what happened to Jesus. It is the perfect telling ahead of time of what occurred. And I thank God that he showed me, helps me understand that Jesus truly was man and that he suffered men thoughts, men realities. Human, but fully God and fully human. It's an amazing concept, amazing thought that still I struggle, but I know God opens his heart and his mind to us through his word. And I'm so grateful that he provides this to us. So in reading and researching, I read this from Charles Spurgeon, his comments. It says, the psalm, this psalm is a sort of window through which we can look into the heart of our crucified Savior. We see all the, gen- the external part of the crucifixion through our four windows of the gospel. But this 22nd psalm brings us into the king's innermost chamber, and here we perceive the secret sufferings of his soul. You can very well conceive of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was on the cross being, beginning to speak in the language of the first verse of the psalm and closing with the last verse of the psalm, he has done this. It is finished, which might properly be interpreted. It is finished. I have often read this psalm with with you. He's telling his congregation, especially on the evenings of our great communion services. We are spared. If we are spared, we will read it together for many years. It is a very wonderful psalm. The Lord gave us to understand it as we read it. You see, Spurgeon, in his writings and in his preaching, covered this consistently because this is truly the insight of Jesus. What his heart was, what his mind was when he was suffering. To his point in the Gospels, we read about the nails going in. We read about him hanging there, getting given some vinegar and whatnot. But we don't really understand what was his thought process. What was he truly feeling? The anguish he went through. 
Why have you forsaken me? Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. So he knows God and he's not giving up. He doesn't, he doesn't sacrifice his belief. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't get angry. He's just dejected because God has withdrawn himself because that's the definition of hell, right? That is a place without God. And God had withdrawn himself, but he knew that he would come to him to overcome those dogs, those bulls, those lions. So he knew God together, he would overcome hell. And then that victory would be told to un- unborn generations, which is us. And I'm so grateful for it. So with that, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you. I'm so grateful for how you've shown us your heart. You show us our, your heart in so many different ways. And I just lift up this time in this reading to you. And I pray that we could also incorporate this into our hearts and into our spirits and our spirits and our souls. And that we would then be able to sh- share that with others. I lift up my, do- my youngest daughter. I just pray, Father, that you would be with her. That you would guide her through her challenging times. That she would walk closely with you and that she would understand how much you love her. That it's infinity times more than I do. And I love her with all my heart. So Lord, I just lift up our friends and our families that we could share with them your sacrifice and your victory. Your love for each and every one of us and help them to have lives that are empowered and powerful and filled with your joy. Lord God, I just lift up all, the, our, all of our friends and our families. I lift up our nation where there's so much despair, where there's so much anger. And I just pray for your spirit to be rekindled in the hearts of all. I thank you for loving us and giving us your love and your salvation. And most importantly, your grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.